Welcome to another episode of the Florida Culture Podcast, a soccer podcast for us, by us. We talk about the intersection of black culture and soccer. We got the full house. We got the whole squad family back. It's been so damn long. Got your boy here, Grego here. Mayor Kane, TK on the ones and twos. Coach Tony! Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Back on the sideline. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Glad to have you back on. It's been, you know, it's been a busy month for you, man. We, we definitely uh, want to uh, catch up with you and uh, you know, see, see what's uh, been going on with you. But there is one person here that we are glad to finally have back on the show. It's been a while. He's his episode is actually still the the most played episode in Florida culture history. It is. I mean, you you want to do this this intro, Tony? I mean, you want to do this? I think I think it's only right if I do it. But uh, the illustrious man, the man with the plan, the man who taught me all I know. We're going to give it up to Mr. Kabir Hakeem, representing Football America up in D.C. Cap, welcome to the show again. We're great. We're glad to have you back, man. Thank you, thank you. I brought I brought a friend on just in case. Right, here oh, we go. Uh, let's go <laughs> for our next subject, meet, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, the you know, even weigh anything? You want to talk about the oh, NWFL yeah. championship? Yeah, that Houston Dash, man. Good God. Yeah, Thirty years. years. Thirty years of that Houston Dash. Woo, they were looking good, don't you think? Yeah. They Dash. really were, man. They beat Chicago's. Like they, 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 it's the highest uh, rated NWSL program in 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 league history. Like they did their all, thing, all man. All respect to the champs. All respect. Back to the champs. Who, who, who are the uh, champions of Europe right now? Oh, oh man. Um, we should uh, have a couple of more competition. No, 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 Oh, in the women's game? Oh, in the women's game? Who's the, champ- um, who's the champions of the it's world? It's Leon, right? right? It's Leon, right? <laughs> Is that the Red Sox? <laughs> the team. They do wear Red Sox. <laughs> wow. Mighty Ducks. It's the Mighty Ducks. I got it. I ain't read. All right, no, but all seasons, we brought Cab on also because, as we know, Liverpool confirmed they are now crowned champions of the English Premier League. It finally happened, First time as far as the premiership goes, but we had to give our props and respect to you. So, Cab, congratulations. A long time coming for y'all. Man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So... (laughs) Long nice to be home, time a long, long, <laughs> super long, long time coming. <laughs> we just had to dominate Europe first and then come back home. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you a little small trophy. It's just a little small thing. Okay, yeah. But uh, before, before we get up in, up in that real quick, um, let's let's uh, point our attention down here to uh, our boy in blue down here because uh, I think we took that three off their jerseys that you know we took that thing and. You know, claim third. You know, hey man, if you want to compare rosters, <laughs> then then we could start there. If you if you'd like to maybe compare um, all of the punditries, uh, was it top four estimates or guess at the beginning of the season? There was only two, two out of maybe a list of twenty that had Chelsea in the top four. So, given what Frank has done, I'm going to take all of your very veiled hate and turn it into a beautiful thing because we not only made top four we overachieved and we still have a about a pinky nails chance of getting into the quarterfinals of the champions league where we could hey against all odds be champions of europe oh 
I pay a couple winners. Minimum, minimum. Okay. Okay. That, that wasn't a compliment. <laughs> hey, hey, I mean, if, if you know anything about Chelsea, well, I, I don't want to take it for granted, but if we win the FA Cup this year, it's going to be an incredibly special thing. One reason, back to back, we won it last year. Second reason, this will be our 50th anniversary from 1970 when we beat Leeds, newly promoted team from the championship. Welcome back. Welcome back so this is this a lot. Oh, there's a lot in the cards. This all would happen in 2020 when Leeds gets promoted, Liverpool wins the league. 2020 is just insane. Oh, clear. <laughs> yeah, we're busting but, up the seams over here. But yeah, but yeah, I guess uh, the the inevitable has finally happened. First of all, that trophy ceremony was like the most dramatic shit I've ever seen in my life. Y'all got the whole spotlight all over. Uh, Anfield and got the got the it looked like a damn rave. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> it, outside it was man, it was it was crazy. I don't know what these people are doing. Like the COVID don't exist. Yo, we never talked about it. Like back when uh, y'all first clinched the league, like y'all went nuts that night. I was like, like do we do we not even have a pandemic right now? Like are it's like hey, like for. For a expat like yourself, tell us about I guess like the the impact of Liverpool finally winning the league in the city of Liverpool. So it's 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 different, yeah, because it's hard to talk to an American generation mm-hmm. about the history of English football because it wasn't it wasn't really part of mainstream American television until NBC came along, right? Before that, it was on Fox Sports World, which was like 1997. And before that, it was on video. You know, so unless you got a video of a game, nobody really knew too much unless they got a newspaper or internet or something like that. But it wasn't on regular television. So it wasn't part of mainstream culture. So it's, it's blown up so fast that social media and satellite television and, you know, streaming has made this thing bigger than life. No, nobody, nobody really uh, looked at winning the Premier League as a as a as a major accomplishment until the new millennium. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, in our in our history um, of of the league championship, as we call it, it was I guess what, who's your most successful American sports team? Uh, the Lakers. Yankee, so as 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 much as you would expect the Lakers to win the basketball, what is it, the NBA World mm-hmm. Series? Uh, no, sorry, not World Series. What do they call it? <laughs> Finals. <laughs> Finals. NBA Super Bowl. <laughs> NBA Super Bowl. For no. sure. <laughs> um, whatever you call it, right? Whatever you want. Uh, just as much as you, you know, be like, oh, excited, oh, the Lakers won, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it was when Liverpool won the league. You know, it was a regular thing from from about 19, I'd say 73 when Shanghai last won it to uh, basically when I left, which was 1989. Arsenal won it that year. And first year I was in America, we won it back under Dalglish. And then in 92, it changed to the Premier League. And then whatever happened with, you know, the squad that we had, we were just talking before we came on camera, 
about the squad aging at that time. Yeah? So Dalglish's squad aged to the point where they were just ineffective in the league. And then we went 30 years of trying to find the right chemistry to win it back. But prior to that, you know, 70s and 80s, it was just a regular thing. We still celebrated winning, but not what you saw, you know, Wednesday night with the firework, fireworks. The only time we have fireworks is in England is November the 5th. And anybody knows English history, that's Guy Fawkes night when a guy tried to blow up Parliament in the 1600s. Yeah. And so we celebrate catching him and burning him to death with fireworks, you know, and that's the only time we use fireworks. So to see fireworks and all these, you know, flares and a DJ and all this other stuff going on, that's that's a new thing. That's a new that's new money right there. Yeah. So that was that was clearly like I, I don't know if it was it was just the fact that Liverpool won it or just some new shit that the EPL was. I was like, yo. Like, all I know is when United win next year, I need the same treatment. Like, just like I, I can't, like, because it'd be real funny if, if come next year we we go right back to the on-field ceremonies. I'm like, no, I need the spotlights. I need all that. <laughs> if you had seen the parade, the Liverpool uh, when when we won the Champions League last season, and then you saw you know almost a million people covering. The, I mean, look here in DC, we won. Uh, what is it, the World Series, yeah? Mm-hmm. Before that, they won Stanley Cup. You yeah. know, they won the WNBA. I mean, they've won everything except MLS in the last been so four, long. four or so five long. years, right? So the, the, the issue with that is I was all over the city and I did see the whole city come together throughout the city. Yeah, there were celebrations in the street like there always is, but not like, oh, it was madness for a week. When we won Champions League, it was madness in Liverpool for almost a week, you know. And this thing, they're going to continue it until they get their real parade. So it's a big thing because everybody from my generation grew up with winning the league and the European Cup, that it was just taken for granted. And now when that has been taken away from you for 30 years, it's like basically you've been put in prison and now you've been released. What are you going to do on the day of your release? Party all night, man. Party like it's 1990 again, you know. So um, that was the thing. It was, it was, it was, um, it was a big moment. Not because it's called the Premier League. I never cared less what they called it. To me, football is football, no matter what name you call it. You still got to beat the teams that you're put in front. But because we've got this massive global fan base now that watches us all over the world. It means something to everybody else. So we were, again, just talking before camera about how many, you know, you, you say Liverpool fans clawing out of the woodwork. Look, here in D.C., we've got two youth academies that are official Liverpool international academies, both right. in Maryland. To me, that's mad. I was the only one wearing a Liverpool shirt when I got to Harvard <laughs> University. I never saw Liverpool shirts. Liverpool, shirt what's that? <laughs> Exactly. That's how everyone treated me. Like, I'm wearing Liverpool shirt. Nobody cared. Nobody knew who was what. Now, everywhere I go, it's Liverpool, it's Chelsea, it's Man United. It's, uh, well, not Man City yet. But, um, <laughs> but you know, that's how mad it has become here, you know. And, and I'm all for it. I think it's great to have a passion for whatever team you, you, you follow and whatever. But, um, no, I mean, I'm sorry I'm being long-winded, but, you know, it's, it wasn't a big deal until now because of the money and the television and the 
you know, the marketing and the branding and, and, and the salary. Yeah, everyone goes crazy over how much somebody's getting paid or bought for. You, you know, you bought Maguire for 80 million. Can you imagine? Jerry what, what Maguire, you, what you got, 80 million. So, you, you know, I, I want to make I want to make sure that, you know, we talked about before we start recording, but the cat and you were kind of alluding to the fact that, you know, the, the aging of the squad and everything. And you had mentioned, you know, before we came on, as far as like this was the right time for this to happen. And this might not happen, you know, next year or even the year after. Like this is the only time. Can you speak more about your opinion as far as like the aging of the team, the youth of the team? You know, direction of the ownership. How do you feel? Like, okay, now that y'all gotten over this hurdle, what's what's the you know the outlook for Liverpool going forward? You think? What's next? I think it's the same for football. Yeah, I think with COVID, nobody knows. Yeah, nobody can predict what's going to happen next week. Never mind next season. Yeah, we still we still don't know if the Champions League games will actually go ahead. Yeah, because. Anything can happen still uh, because, okay, Premier League went well. I think only one infection in the past four weeks. Mm-hmm. But now we're talking we're about really, Europe. Sorry? It, it went really well, all things considered, yeah. And that was because they're in a bubble. Yeah, so they're in a bubble. They're in a hotel. Everything is, is – everybody's uh, checked twice a week. You know, I, I actually think that's not enough uh, unless you go back to um, – your homes, yeah, and your families, then you need to be checked um, every day. But if you're in a hotel and you're just going from the hotel to the game or practice and back again, you can contain it. Is that what the rest of Europe is going to do? I don't think so. I don't I, I don't know. But if that's not going to be the case, it could be a problem. So we could end up having a null and void Champions League. So we don't know. And therefore, we don't know what's going to happen next season. Don't forget, just what, two days ago? PSG mm-hmm. played Celtic in a friendly. He let 6,000 fans in. That's and, madness and there were, to me. And, and they're already talking about that it's like a, a news a new surge coming up in Spain and France and Germany. Like, that's the kind of stuff you got to really be careful about. You know, just you're trying to, you know, you, you feel like you've conquered everything. It's like, keep in mind, there's still no vaccine. And it's like you have to be really careful about how quickly you start letting fans back in and saying, okay, it's safe to go back. It's like, even I think like even going into next season, you're still going to have like, at best you might have 20% if that at least, at least through Christmas. And, but even that just going by what's happened both here and as well as back in Europe, I'm not sure that that's the best idea. Like you might want to just slow this down until you just know for sure that it's okay to have fans back up in there. So, so I will answer Tony's question, but just to finish that point then, look at college sports. Every single conference is canceling the fall. Why? Because they can't put them students in a bubble. They can't control, they yeah, can't, they can't control them. <laughs> you, you, you're not going to tell a, a, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, uh, stereotypical, but yeah. I've got to use it as an example. You're not going to tell an American football player you're going to sit in your dorm room for the yeah. entire semester and they'll just let months. you out on Saturday yeah. to come yeah. play your game. And then, But that's what they yeah. did in the Premier League. So right. you can't do it that way. So my question is, 
if you're going to bring fans in and they're going to, how, how are they going to get tested? How, how are they going to uh, uh, get temperature checked? And then is that enough? You know, we just don't know. So it's a tough question to ask, answer based on where we are with this virus. However, if all goes well, I actually think this is the last good season for this particular 11 players. Nothing to do with our youth squad, nothing to do with our reserves. Um, but if we don't add a top-level player who can play through the middle like a De Bruyne, like a David Silva, and create through the middle, I think this go the, the way this Liverpool team is is the hardest-working football team in the world. But it's an aging team. And we've been very lucky with injuries to our main attacking players. Uh, even though we lost Allison for, I think, what was it, nine to 12 games this season? Yeah. yeah. Um, we didn't have any injury to Van Dyke. Yeah. We had a little injury with Robertson for a couple of games and a little injury with Arnold. But it, you saw when we lost Henderson straight away, you know, when Henderson's there, we never lost. We didn't, you know, we didn't remember Henderson didn't play against Watford. You know, Henderson didn't play against Arsenal. Henderson didn't play against Man City. So all the games we lost, Henderson wasn't on the pitch. So, yeah, he's no De Bruyne in terms of the quality of his football. He's but in lynch. terms of his influence on the team, you you cannot lose leaders in a competitive match. You know, you can lose flair players. You can't lose leaders. So when Man City lost company, look at their defense today versus yeah. when they had Vincent Company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm not going to use Man United as example because I don't have the leader since Roy Keane. But whoa, see, <laughs> so um, you know, take that out, And uh, look, I'll even use Chelsea as an example. He's not a vocal leader, but he's a uh, a field leader, and that's Conte. With Conte not on the field, Chelsea are not the same level defensively. Yeah, so. You need leaders on the pitch. And this team is totally built on the front three and the back five. The middle guys are just working box to box to press and intercept the ball and get it wide and then the crosses come in. Yeah. Can you win a league the way that we won it this year again doing that? No. No chance. No way. That would be a miracle if that happened. Certainly not in Europe, and that's been proved already with Atletico Madrid. So you need yeah. something else. And this team doesn't have that something else. It doesn't have it on the bench. doesn't have it in our youth team. We don't have another Steven Gerrard. And even though Curtis Jones will be a, a legend of a player, he's no Steven Gerrard, at least not right now. So you have to, you have to buy it. And uh, as we were saying before, FSG are not going to go and spend £100 million on the next Coutinho, uh, which probably could have been Kai Havertz, but Chelsea are going to spend that money. So we're not going to add to the squad until we sell. And we've already sold Lovren and uh, Lalana. You left quick, yeah. You know, uh, Klein's gone. You know, so we've already got rid of three, you know, who would be good mid-table Premier League players and haven't replaced them. So that means we're relying on our youth next year. That's good, but then that's Chelsea. Yeah, so Chelsea, where did they end up? Fourth place. Yeah, and, you know, chances of them doing anything in Europe, in the Champions League, 
pretty slim. But next year, watch Wait, Chelsea. Can you repeat Wait. that again? Who's in fourth place? Who? You know. So, and that's a drop. No, I mean, look, Lampard's in the first. I made the reference to my pinky. Come on. No, but no, I'm, I'm actually getting props though. You know, like Lazaya coming in, as, you know, for Chelsea. Like y'all, it, oof. we and we talked about this before in other episodes. Chelsea is, is is scary on paper right now. I think, yeah. um, like uh, we talked about this before we started recording. Like all things considered, with the way that the season ended, uh, May United and Chelsea probably had the best momentum in like coming out of the restarting course. Keep in mind, the season starts right back up. In uh, September twelfth, and mind you, Chelsea still has FA Cup. United still has Europa League. Like, there's a lot to still play for. Like within this uh, next month or so, it's going to keep everyone active, and you know, and they'll be able to take that momentum into the next season really quickly. So, uh, it's going to be all getting injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, hopefully the five subs uh, will keep us. But I, I, I did want to. I did want to pour a little yeah, bit of liquor out for uh, a home Reggie's team. Uh, Bournemouth. Oh yeah, Let, let's let's pour some out for Bournemouth. Yeah, cherries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cherries went down. Norwich went down. Aston Villa somehow made it through the skin of their teeth. <laughs> like scrap, scrap. Oh my! I mean, God. like. What was that word you were you were referring to earlier, Cat? I believe it was leadership on the pitch. I think we all know who we're speaking of. He might stay. He might go. You know what though? That that, that goal Grayling. Grayling. that goal yeah. might have cost cost uh cost a lot of people money because it did. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because had decision. had Terrible. Grealish not scored that goal. He might be able to leave on the cheap, but now it's like okay, Aston's st- staying up, and suddenly it's like you know he might go have to go for a hundred million. I'm like, I'm not sure if he's he worth that up. much. Hey, if, but if Grealish is worth a hundred million, then we're getting a fucking steal no. from Everton. Everyone is. <laughs> that is true. You, you, you may have stole the league next year. To be honest, Chelsea. I mean, I, that from I think we seven- already have. I mean that's too much. That's that. I mean, and that's you the good find... thing about playing young players early. Yeah, is that now you see what their potential is when you put them against grown men instead of instead of keeping them in youth soccer. Let them play, and they'll adapt. Right? Every human being is adaptable to its environment. If you keep them in an environment that doesn't challenge them, they won't get any better. You can have a, the best crop of youngsters in the world. They won't get any better playing youth players. They have to play adult football. So you've given that now to Hudson Adoy, to uh Tomori, who I think you really missed in this in this running. You probably would have ended up third if Agreed. Tomori had played. Um, but Zuma, but, but, Zuma, look at him. He showed up, man. <laughs> I'll put it like this. When nobody's watching, anybody can perform, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Zuma I, I, I can microanalyze his last three performances right here, right now, but we won't do that. This isn't a Chelsea podcast. I'll say it. Anymore. Oh man, I'm telling you, the man's got he's he's grown so much from his time because uh, he was in, in form, and they sat him down. A Frank sat him down on the bench to accommodate um, Rudiger once he came back from injury. So there, there's really a lot there to be broken down. Continue. Wait, I got I got a quick question. 
we have a person from Liverpool. Uh, from Liverpool, we have a Chelsea fan on here. What about the little spat between Klopp and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that little soap opera is uh, happening now? <laughs> I just tell you this. I mean, that was so disrespectful uh, of Lampard to continue that thing into the. Uh, Press conference. I don't care what's said on the sideline. All crazy things are said on the sideline. Right? You're emotional, yeah? Absolutely. And even though it was a foul, it wasn't a big foul. So I understand where Lampard's coming from. Uh, I don't know what Pep Linders said, the assistant. Um, but it's not arrogance when you're trying to win, yeah? Everyone's trying to win, yeah? And it meant more to Chelsea to win that game than it did to us. For us, it was just the pride. Um, but one you got once you have settled down, you're in the you know press conference. You're talking to not just your fans, but you're talking to the world. You got to calm down now and choose your words carefully. And it wasn't like he said anything terrible, but to say things like you're arrogant and you know, first of all, to even say to Klopp, you this Klopp. is your. So you, this is your first championship. Like, let me, let me, let me put this into context. First championship, mate. He won two Bundesligas with Dortmund. And talking about winning champ, that is in another country. What has Lampard won outside of England? He couldn't even win MLS. Did he win MLS? Did he win MLS? No, MLS was a retirement. Oh, come on. <laughs> so I, I think what Lampard is really referring to as overall and his credibility as a player and his he's won several, several. So uh, he, he's when Lampard's speaking, he's speaking of you're, you're in England now. So you have to prove yourself on England, English soil. And Klopp well, is that's done, done. rightfully that's so. Done. Klopp, he's done that rightfully 198 so. points in two but, seasons. How much more you want proven? Where was Liverpool at when in Klopp's first season? That's it, it, you, you, you bring up a good point there. You bring up a good point there because the just the gradual improvement from what was it, 2015, I, I believe, when he came came on. Like to see where they were back then, where they couldn't really defend much of shit. They really didn't have have. Um, I don't think a had. I think uh, Suarez already been sold by then, but like just to see the progression of the that roster from that time has actually been incredible to see. Because uh, I, I don't can think tell it, you the starting team: it was Mignolengo, Klein, Moreno, Sacco. Uh, I like Sacco. Skirtle, right? Uh, Sacco's okay, but he's not gonna. He's not a Premier League winning defender. Yeah, yeah agree. Um, he just likes his haircut. That's all it is. <laughs> and he's French, so there you go. <laughs> That's all it is. Then the midfield: Chan, uh, Lucas, Lalana. You know, yeah. and then and then the front three, which is not too bad: Coutinho, Sturridge, and Benteke. So that's. A decent team, but it's not a championship winning team. It's not a Premier League winning team. So now you've got, look, Alisson for Mignolet. Come on. Uh, Arnold for Klein. I like Klein. I've always loved Klein as the best right back in England. 
when he was fit. But he's injury uh, prone-ish in, his, in the last couple of years, and so he hasn't uh, come back. Um, and, uh, you know, Moreno is an attacking defender, but he's not a good defender. So Robertson, night and day. You've got the two best fullbacks in the world. I mean, look at, look at the assists in the Premier League, the top three assists. De Bruyne, Arnold, Robertson. That's ridiculous. Where in the world do you have your both fullbacks are the top three assist makers in, in your league? You know, and, and not even Roberto Carlos and Marcelo had that. You know, so, yeah. and, they, and they were the best fullbacks in the world. Yeah. So, and then you got Van Dijk and Gomez. Uh, that five, I wouldn't even touch that five. You, you can have your Cooley Barleys and, 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 and Maguire's. Wouldn't touch that back five. But midfield, yeah, now you, because it's so hard working, you cannot outwork Henderson, Wijnaldum, and then whoever you put else in there, Fabinho, Milner, whoever you put in there, Cater, that, that team is going to work box to box. And it's hard to play against that midfield. And then front three, forget about it. They press from the front. So if you are trying to play out of the back, I mean, look, even though we lost both games to Man City and Arsenal uh, uh, without scoring, Liverpool dominated both those games. You know, I've never seen such a lucky victory as the Man City one from the penalty decision to every other goal. It was all just, Liverpool just did something sloppy and Man City creamed them uh, for the mistake. Now, all goals come from mistakes, let's understand that. But in terms of the possession and the play, Man City only had 15 minutes in that game. 75 minutes was all Liverpool. Arsenal had two shots at home and won 2-0. So that's football. Yep, that's yeah. well, you know, But that's what Klopp has done, is that he's taken a team that didn't believe, that didn't uh, was fluent in attack, but not good at, at defending. And he just said, listen, I'm going to press you until you suffocate, you know, and that's what he's done every single game, pretty much. He's just suffocated the opponents and we've got a goal at the right time. We've won the game and that's what's won the league and won Champions League and everything else. But can you contain, can you continue that for another season with the same 11? No way. No way. Well, we'll see. Every like Leicester. Well, we'll see how that goes, but uh, I guess... Uh... <laughs> What what are we your get. predictions for next season? Then let's let's do that before we transition. <laughs> no, I'll give you props. I'm I'm telling you, it's going to be that. Uh, it's not even six; it's seven. If you don't sell anybody, you've got Pulisic, Havertz coming in, Zayech. That Zayet. that three alone, yeah. than, That's the best three in the world together at the top mm. of their game. That's better than Man City. That's better than, of course, it's better than Barcelona. Better than Real Madrid. Better than Bayern Munich. Nobody will have a three like that together behind the striker. Whoever you're, stri- you know, whether you have Werner, Giroud, Abraham, pick pick your poison. And then on That's top of that, you've yeah, got a doy coming in damn. off the bench. You've got um, Kante. You've got uh, uh, who's the other one? Uh, there's one more missing. Hey, who's no. in goal for y'all? William. Honestly, we might go no, get William, a block. William will be out of there. 
Yeah, Williams yeah, gone. You get Ogblock, then again, rap. You know, yeah, and now you're gonna get Ogblock. Yeah, done. It's done. I heard uh, William might be um, heading heading over here stateside. Uh, I know I uh, Inter Miami's apparently looking at him. But um, DC put in a bid as well. Wow! Wow! That would be nice. That would be nice. We need a player. Dark we need somebody. Need a manager, but that's a whole different story. But yes, I'm a. Before we go on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this empty glass. Cheers to Liverpool. Y'all did it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, me y'all not win another one for another thirty years. Yeah, here's the next thirty years it takes y'all. <laughs> I, I still Cheers to the English champions, the European <laughs> champions, the world champions, and even the Super Cup champions. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're happy. So, 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 where do Liverpool finish next year? Uh, honestly, uh, I think we'll be lucky to finish top four with this eleven. With this eleven, Man United, no doubt about it. Man United are going to kill everyone with that. Again, all this is injury, you know, permitting. Right. Yeah. yeah right? So, so, so it's purely hypothetical that you have your strongest eleven every single match. Yeah, so strongest 11 is Bruno, Pogba, Greenwood, Rashford, and Martial. I don't care who they got in the back, they're going to score goals next season. And if you get fans back, even if it's just 10,000 fans in the stadium, that's going to make a difference. That team, they'll be winning 3 0, 4 0, 5 0, everywhere, 5 2. I don't care. They'll so, win. Manu first, Manu second. No, I, I'll put my money on 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 Chelsea to win. Um, Man U second, Man City third, and Liverpool probably fourth. Mm. All right, let's go, let's go across the line, Rashad. Uh, my top four for next year. What's your prediction before we transition? Ooh, uh, Man U one, Chelsea two, um, City three. <laughs> um, Liverpool four. Coach Tony. I'm actually That's a little uh, biased in there. A little biased. In there. I'm actually about to agree with what Cat said. I had the same type of um, stuff in my mind as far as because I mean we've talked about in the previous episodes Chelsea's the signings they've made the uh, the performance they've been putting in post COVID or during COVID I should say um, going into this next season. They're 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 scary, um, and if y'all do make a change back, you know, at keeper as well too, oof, that that that's really going to be scary. Um, but as far as like you said, as far as Man United goes, like, I mean, our front attacking group, I I love it. First of all, the fact that it's so colorful, you know, what I mean, <laughs> like we got brothers out there, you got Bruno out there. I mean, like that part. I mean that. As a main United fan, like that was the one part that I used to look at Arsenal with envy, you know, or Chelsea mm. with envy. Like the fact that now our attacking group is all colorful, I love that for the culture. Um, like York and Andy Cole days, yeah, yeah, exactly. But when York and Cole, I mean, that was the whole reason why I fell in love with United back in the day. Um, so you know, I'm put United at two, um, City at three. I, I mean, I think really City and United are gonna be battling it out for that two three spot. Um, you know, because Pep always has something up his sleeve, or he also has his big downfall too. We'll see. Um, mm-hmm. and then um, yeah, Liverpool four. I, I just think 
you know, what you alluded to as far as the age, injuries. Um, I, I just don't see – unless y'all make some significant splash, you know, transfer-wise, I don't see that happening. Um, hey, Tony. Yeah? What if I told you Manchester United would get Sancho? Would that change your mind? No, I, I still say – I still say second. I still say Okay. Second. Yeah, because because uh, I think right now the the I think the I mean, biggest thing is having Coleman. We're looking at Coleman as well too as, a, mm-hmm. as an alternative, you know. Kings of Coleman. I think I, we still need to figure out like who's going to partner up with McGuire uh, on the back line. If we can figure that part out, we should yeah. be good to go. Uh, what what you got, TK? I have I think it's going to be an old school battle, like uh, let's say. Ten years ago, but I, I see United and Chelsea battling it out for the better half of the season. Manchester City playing the constant thorn uh, in the side, and Liverpool, if they don't drop off, still in the running. So honestly, I see Liverpool as a uh, a second. I see Man United as a third. I see. Uh, what did I say? Uh, City as a fourth. City? And then, uh, Ch- yeah. Chelsea will be on top, obviously. Gotcha. gotcha. Nobody's there. I, I don't mind me saying, if it just I don't know if this was another one of your later questions or whatever, but you don't mind me saying, don't sleep on Newcastle if this takeover by the Saudis comes through. Yeah. It, may not, yeah. it may not come through yeah. in time for them for this season, yeah? So I'm not even going to put them in the top five this season, but for next the season, when I say this season, I mean in September, right? So, mm-hmm. but for 2021, and to yeah. oh, Newcastle with the Saudis running them, that's a totally different ball game. I mean, forget if you thought what Man City had in terms of financial resources was big. No, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen a Ramco yet. Oh Lord, they they <laughs> could buy Mbappe and uh, I don't, I don't know what you about play video games. You know when I play FIFA, yeah. the financial takeover. You know, as soon as you hit that, you remember that graphic we had on the screen a few months ago? I wish I had that to put up right now. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I know all of you in Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you. You're going to see the first Newcastle United fan club Atlanta when, when oh, that happens. We have one. We have oh, one. You do? Yeah, they, we, uh, yeah. They're, they're small, but they'll get much bigger. Peach, I'm sure. Peachtree Geordies, huh? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Something like Cam that. <laughs> I'll, I'll make my prediction real quick. Um, Go, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I made real quick before we go to break. Um, of course, the way you laid it out, Cam, Cab, uh, it definitely makes it a hard argument to go against Chelsea for next year because that just uh, that whole tack and platoon sounds insane when you think about it. Um, I, I, I think that Liverpool won't go down without a fight, so I, I could definitely see them finishing second. Uh, United third again, and uh, Chelsea. I'm not sorry. Um, uh, City fourth, because uh, I think that they're going to be the the real thorn in everyone's side next year. Because of course they just got off real lucky with the uh, with uh, with getting no band, so they're pretty much playing with house money next year. So you know, I think that for a lot of teams, they'll be the one team that everyone hates to 
pace to play, even if they aren't necessarily challenging for the league next year. But um, we're going to take a quick break, pay a bill. And because, uh, you know, there's some stuff that happened here in Atlanta that we got to get at real quick. So we'll be right back. And uh, on the this is Coach Tony. Thank you for listening to the first part of our podcast, our Horticulture Podcast. Can't wait for you to listen to the second part. Please tune in. Of course, subscribe. Subscribe on FTC UTD. We got a great second half for you. Subscribe.